So we're going to continue with talks on the theme of the self and, uh, and shame today. Um, today I'm going to talk about what's sometimes uh, conceptualized in, in Buddhism as attachment to the self or self-clinging, which is a source of one of the main sources of suffering. Um, but um, first of all, just a little little story about a uh, um, an Australian man who was uh, visiting um, Turkey. He's in Baghdad, and uh, he was a tourist there. And um, he read he read he read the poetry of Rumi, so he really wanted to meet a Sufi saint or a Sufi master. So. He, he finally tracked down a super Sufi master and uh, knocked on the door and at his entrance and sat down in front of the Sufi master and he noticed there was only a, just a simple mat and a cushion and a kerosene lamp in the corner and so he said, oh, master, how come you have no furniture here? And the, uh, the Sufi master looked at him and he said, how come you don't have any furniture? And the, the tourist laughed and said, well, I'm just a visitor here. And the Sufi master looked at him and said, I'm just a visitor too. Got that from Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, often we think, we think of attachment as attachment to objects or possessions or to people. And... Um, it makes uh, it's it's easier to understand that um, how we can obviously we can be attached to I can be attached to my wife I could be attached to my car I could be attached to my house I could be attached to my dog and uh, if something happens to any of those objects then um, I can suffer we we, we can all understand that it's easy to see and easy to understand and experience. And uh, so, not not talking about that um, kind of suffering, and, and Zen doesn't necessarily, um, 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 well, my understanding of Zen practice anyway doesn't um, uh, teach that uh, we're going to be free of um, of that, that kind of suffering. Um, if we, you know, if we love uh, each other and something we lose someone, we're going to we're going to suffer grief. If, if you're attached to your car and um, it gets smashed, you're going to have some suffering there as well. And that's all, that's all okay, it's just part of being human. Uh, but it's a little bit more difficult to get our heads around what is meant by attachment to self. And, um, and I think one of the um, reasons why that is, is that um, there's a fundamental, I think, conceptual mistake around the, even the phrase attachment to self. It kind of like assumes the, the self is a kind of object um, that we can get attached to. And um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that fits with our experience. Um, so I've, um, I've invented a new word 
call selfing and how we self each other and self ourselves into existence. <laughs> um, so I think it it's, it's probably makes more sense to think of the self as a verb rather than a noun. Um, and there's this, the, rather than thinking of becoming attached to the self, that is probably more helpful to think of becoming attached is what selfing is or what selves do. Um, in fact, the process of becoming attached is what a self is. Um, and um, and again, this is what makes us human. So we're not we're not trying to get rid of or, but we want to we want to shed some light on selfing <laughs> as a means of um, uh, relieving. Um, any harm to ourselves or others that selfing might cause. Um, and it's probably even reasonable to suggest there might be some ways of selfing that are, bring about balance and harmony and well-being. And there are some forms of selfing which bring about harm and uh, toxicity and uh, suffering. And so I mean, just, just quickly revisiting, um, you know, basic developmental theory. Um, so we all, we're, we are all born, you know, wired to attach. Um, if we weren't born to be wired to attach, being mammals, we wouldn't survive. So our survival is dependent upon attaching. And uh, if, if for some reason we don't attach to the caregiver or the caregiver doesn't attach to us, then there's problems. And, um, and it's so anyway, yeah, so there's, 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 there's a, one could suggest there's an, 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 a, a kind of bonding or attaching process even going on in the womb. But it's after the physical birth, there's more of a psychological birth that happens after that. There's a kind of uh, the first twelve months is a crucial time of um, where the uh, the self is uh, reciprocally brought into existence through the responses of the caregiver to the infant, and the infant is wired. The infant has vitality, aliveness, um, uh, a wiring to attach, so it has. Uh, the ability to respond to sounds, the mother's voice, and uh, and almost a wiring to uh, attach uh, through the facial gaze, and um, and so and this is according to you know modern developmental theory, the first 12 months is really all about the right hemisphere of the brain, the emotional center. So the, the attachment process, whether we develop a secure attachment or an insecure attachment, is laid down in the first 12 months. Some people, infant researchers, argue it's in the first six months. And, um, and this is, of course, all pre-verbal. So you know, the, the self is already forming pre-verbally and the emotional core of the self, the sense of agency is forming. And uh, 
But even at that pre-verbal stage, um, the responses of the caregivers are selfing us into existence. And, uh, and um, if um, the infant's um, um, motivation to connect is not responded to very well, it, 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 it really uh, has pretty detrimental effects uh, on the development of the child. So the, we, we, the self is always a, a system, a field, you know, there's always the, there's no infant without the caregiver or the mother, there's no, um, and, uh, and, and also the infant brings the mother into being as well in a sense, there's this reciprocity that goes on. And, um, and then as we move into, say, around about the, uh, the 18-month stage, um, through this process of selfing, gives birth to the sense of this feeling that uh, we become conscious of having a self, in a sense. We become conscious of having a name and an identity, and um, and this just continues through to the th you know third year of uh, when we become more able to engage in narrative as well. So you get the narrative self-developing and the sense of history and, and so on. So, um, there's this ongoing process of um, if we're met with uh, an attuned and empathic response, then we feel good and it lays down these, this kind of selfing process. and. Uh, if we're met with a kind of um, misattuned or even a, uh, or an apathetic or an angry response, um, we also have to deal with that and accommodate with that, and that also affects how the self develops. Um, so, coming back to the, the, the question then is like, uh, as where we're at right now in our selfing process is, um, What is it that we can observe in our, in our experience moment by moment that can give us some... How can we bring awareness to this process of selfing? And how can we bring our awareness to what is a uh, um, selfing which is um, appropriate and uh, helpful and brings about a sense of well-being and selfing that is harmful and causes us uh, and others pain and suffering? Um, so, this process of attachment, as in, so this selfing is a kind of a, attaching. Another word I think is probably more helpful too is a sense of identifying. So, there's a sense in which um, the response of the caregiver is like a like a mirror to us, and uh, and and then. The caregiver responds both, both facially and gesturally and, and with the voice tones, but also starts to use words as well and bring, we start to get a sense of what we're, and, and, and if we have this, you know, if the caregiver is attuned, then we sort of, we start to get a sense of reality of, 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 of some confidence in what we're feeling and we can express that. Um, but if we're met with um, a, an angry response or a, um, 
a response where when we start to understand language such as you know we get a, a we might even you know get the word you know you're a bad boy or a bad girl or and we become vulnerable to shame at this very early age, you know, 18 months onwards. And, um, and there's a certain process, uh, it can either be just through the repetition of, you know, of, um, of, of, of lots of different uh, interactions, or there could be some really, really big traumatic uh, events, such as, you know, if, if one was to... Um, if one felt one did something that was really humiliating at school and the kids laughed at us and that could have a, a long-standing impact on us. And so there's a sense in which we start to identify with what, the, what we're taking in from the environment, including our caregivers in it. And, um, and we, this develops into sort of judgments and beliefs uh, as well as the emotions that go with that. And um, so if, from a Zen point of view is how do we practice um, um, bringing awareness to this, this, this process of selfing? And, uh, and so this, this is where emotions like shame or anger um, or fear um, are excellent um, opportunities. Um, for inquiring into what's happening right now, what's the selfing that's going on right now. And um, if we can bring our awareness to that as best we can, especially with these social emotions like guilt and shame and, uh, and humiliation, all the different forms it takes, and, um, and the anxiety around putting ourselves in, 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 into, into um, situations which might generate the possibility of being shamed. Um, we can we can notice the the, the 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 physical sensations or the behaviors, and we can also notice some um, maybe some judgments that come up. They're, they're a little bit harder to get, but if we um, if we persevere, um, we can sometimes um, uncover some basic core beliefs, you know, like you know, I'm unlovable or. I always stuff things up or I'll never get it right and, and our sense of identification with those beliefs. Um, so that's one way of understanding this attachment to self is how we identify with these, um, th these judgments and these thoughts. And um, so if you, if, you, if you take something like anger, um, if we use the metaphor of anger being like a fire, then... Um, we're experiencing the, 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 the redness or the heat of the fire or the shame, but then the, the, the feeling, the, the, the heat, the flames, they kept going by the logs we put on the fire, which are these kind of beliefs, judgments, etc., that we are identified with. And we, they become real and they keep the, the fire burning. Um, if we can sort of step back a little bit and uh, bring our awareness to what's going on. And Joker Beck, um, in her first book, um, talks about one particular practice which she calls, you know, we would have come across the idea of labelling. Uh, when, when, when we catch ourselves judging or when we catch ourselves worrying about other people judging us, 
we can just bring our uh, awareness to that and also give it a little label, such as simply judging or feeling I'm being judged or having the thought that I'm being judged. Um, so we, 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 we kind of like stepping back and reminding ourselves, this is just a thought or a judgment. It's not a, um, we don't necessarily have to you know, buy into this. So all we can just sort of like become aware of these judgments and, and kind of let them go. And what Joko talks about is coming back to the direct experiencing of the moment. And the direct experiencing of the moment is to sit with that, that redness, the, the, the heat, the fire, in our body sensations. And um, if we can just experience and accept the, 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 the sensations and the feelings that are arising, but kind of you know, label the judgments or let the judgments go, so we kind of like, it's almost like a, using a sieve in a way, we're kind of like sieving out the selfing process where we're catching the judgments in the sieve and just kind of like letting them go. And so if we, if we stop putting the logs on the fire, what's going to happen? Oh, yeah, the fire's going to burn for a little while, but it'll eventually just burn itself out. And um, so it's that, it's that kind of, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like you ought to use metaphors for these kind of subjective experiences, but it's that sensing that if we can bring our awareness in the moment to the situation, what are the judgments that, what are the thoughts that we're having, labeling them or letting them go, or just coming right back to the actual physical feelings and sitting with that and directly experiencing that, and it will eventually die out and change into something else. Um, so, sit with the feeling, um, bring your sense of inquiry, and you know, in a way, um, you know, some of you here would be familiar with exposure therapy. I mean, we're all, in a way, exposure therapy is um, almost unavoidable. Um, you know, we're always getting exposed in situations that uh, can trigger us in various ways. Um, and of course, a lot of this is too, we need to remember that um, our past is kind of imprinted um, in, our, in our memories and in our procedural memories and in our the whole trauma system. And, um, and so even, even working with um, um, the fears that we experience and the physical sensations we experience, the sense of being unsafe, and we're not quite sure why we're feeling unsafe, um, we can be pretty sure that that goes back, you know, in terms of what happened to us in the past, and it's manifesting now, and something's triggered that sense of I'm not feeling safe right now. And in the, those in the moment, you won't not all normally get them very often just in formal sitting practice. You might sometimes especially if you sit for a day or a few days, these things might just naturally come up. But more than often, they're going to arise in everyday life. And that's where the, the fruit of practice kicks in. That's when we can actually have enough awareness to, to, to be able to see that there's some thoughts going on here. So, there's... Um, the practice of being aware of hearing, the practice of being aware of tasting, the practice of being aware of seeing, and the practice of being aware of feeling, the practice of being aware of seeing, 
and also the practice of being aware of selfing. So I'll leave you with that for today. Thank you.